Hello and welcome to the Goal 4 podcast, a show all about education and inclusion. I'm Richard Ingram. I've heard some inspiring tales in my time. The world of education is full of them. But to grow up in one of New Delhi's biggest slums with a disability and to end up as the founder of a successful NGO and a consultant for organisations such as NASA is quite astounding. Puneet Singh, who's beaming in today from New Delhi, is, to use his words, a person with an undiagnosed learning disability and stammering. He's someone who sees his life at the intersection of poverty, domestic violence, and multiple invisible disabilities. But he is also somebody that, as you'll hear, sees the best in any situation. Puni is the founder of Start Organization. Here, he and his team advocate for a more inclusive and accessible society for people with disabilities. He sees diversity as enriching and argues passionately that schools should embrace it rather than attempting to battle against it. I've been following Puneet's work for some time now, and I'm really glad to have the opportunity to have him on the show. Puneet Singh, welcome to Golf 4. Hello, uh, Richard. How are you? um, Thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm great. Thank you. I hope you're well as well. Uh, It's it's an absolute pleasure to have you on. I'm super interested to talk to you. I love the work that you've been doing. I had a question about how it all began. You grew up in in a slum of New Delhi called Sangam Vihar. Can you can you tell me a bit about this period of your life? Yes, uh, uh, talking about my my early life and uh, my childhood. I think uh, that was full of uh, challenges, and now I see um, the challenges as something adventure adventurous for me. So uh, yeah, we always look uh, look in the past with this with this thing that you know that. Uh, with nostalgia, with with you know that uh, these uh, gone are the uh, glorious days. <laughs> so I, you know, I I, I really appreciate and I really uh, admire uh, the whatever these days have taught me. Uh, you know, and when you when you try to have uh, like drinking water, like clean drinking water, which is which will be a privilege or a luxury for you. And and now I'm getting access to uh, to water, and no, I, I I don't have to think about you know getting food or these things. So now I, with every meal of mine, with every glass of water, I feel very grateful, and I feel very like I appreciate uh, whatever resources I I have right now. So I think uh, it's 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 all about that. Uh, that that feeling of gratitude and that feeling of you know whatever uh, these days have taught me uh, as uh, to 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 grow as a human being uh, to to actually value things to actually value uh, human relationships and uh, and whatever that that comes like it's 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 a it's a inbuilt thing in me that you know that I I I always look. Uh, for uh, for growing, I always uh, take everything as as a lesson, as a, as an adventure, as an experience, and that has really helped me. Like I I, I feel very uh, you know very uh, resourceful person in that in that regard. Yeah, well, it's it's humility that many people can learn from. I think. Looking forward to your time at school. Then uh, you said you didn't have the easiest time there. At one point, because of your stammer, your classmates and their parents even complained to the principal 
that you could be a bad influence and make all of them stammer. This is a common issue in classrooms when you're trying to make schools and classrooms more diverse and accommodate a greater range of students. There's often the fear from, particularly from parents, that their child's education will suffer because the, because there are students who you know might be different in the classroom and the, their their argument often is well teachers have to spend more of their time looking after certain students and so mm -hmm. on and so on if you could talk to these parents what would your message be my message would be to know that uh, whatever uh, whatever differences we talk about whatever um, diversity we, we, we talk about it it, it adds to uh, the uh, the experience it's it's add adds to the actual uh, uh, value that that we are creating uh, by collectively being there in a, in a school in a classroom right so it's this classroom should be uh, should be something around real life right if you go into the world we will see all all kind of people uh, but in the classroom you are trying to create an artificial uh, uh, atmosphere where where only one kind of people or, or only one class of people class of people are there so it's it's, it's artificial it's not it's not these classrooms will not cube will not provide the toolkit uh, for for the kids to prepare for uh, for the rest of the life and and education is all about preparing like uh, helping in becoming a better person and and, and better person not in terms of only about education or only about employment or getting a good job it's it's, it's about embracing the values of humanity and and, and, and actually uh, contributing to uh, to our planet in in a sustainable way so i think please like i would say that let's embrace the diversity and 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 it can be anyone we all all are different in one way or another we all adds up to the the diversity so if we only think of certain things as a taboo or a stigma and 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 and, and uh, just try to hang on on that it's not it's not productive it's not uh, going to help us in in long term so it so it adds to the education rather than detracts from it and and as you said it's more related to real life i wanted to ask you about your organization it's called start organization and I'll put yeah. the links in the in the show notes of this episode. So please go and check it out because it's absolutely fantastic mm -hmm. and hugely successful. Can you tell me a little bit about this initiative? Uh, what is it? What are its aims? I think before starting on on, on that uh, organization, I would like to go back to the to uh, the previous question because uh, the previous question has some roots like that. The, the root of start uh, begin in my in my in my school. Because what what I was doing, um, I was always raising voice against uh, any kind of injustice, but not for me. <laughs> I was I was always standing up for others, and like anything, uh, like anything that I was going against the government, I was trying to uh, like like since a very young age, I was a very aware like aware citizen, like like always. Uh, uh, standing up for uh, for for my gay friends, for 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 my uh, friends who are who are from the minority in one way or another, but I realized that I was never raising voice for myself, and I was feeling guilty about that. You know that 
that that it would be selfish if I raise voice for me. And from this uh, from the, this guilt, from this way of you know of feeling like I should not do anything for myself, and that comes from my from my background, you know, that the people from the, the marginalized uh, sections of the society, they always have this thing that they are not worthy enough, they don't deserve uh, to be heard. They, they, they have that uh, internalized uh, uh, bias against their own self, which is very self-destructive and self-critical, like I'm too harsh on, on myself. And, and, and I'm slowly, slowly I'm addressing uh, these issues. And uh, start is a product of that. I start is a, pro is a product of my self-advocacy. And, and at the end of the day, I was always saying that I'm not advocating for only me. It's, 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 it's billions of people with disabilities uh, who are trying to mask their authentic selves and always trying to fit in. Uh, I'm doing this for, for them. So actually like in my self-advocacy as well, there is one aspect of, 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 of raising my voice for others as well. Because I, what makes me different is my, is my sense of, of, of empathy towards, towards other. I really feel pain. I really feel like no matter what, I can connect to everyone. You know, when, uh, when Richard, I was, I read stories. I, I'm, I'm a literature student. I read stories. Every single, single story in this world, I always feel like this story is mine. Even if this is a girl story, this is a woman's story, this is a LGBTQ story, this is a disabled story. I say this story is mine because one aspect would be something similar to one aspect of my life and I connect there. So I think nothing is, 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 is separated. Everything is one. And from this philosophy, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing a start uh, into, into, into that realm of, into this um, uh, sphere of sphere of equity. Uh, we are asking for uh, access to opportunities. We are asking for access to uh, to reasonable accommodations for people with different kind of uh, accessibilities, and especially uh, these disabilities, which are not vi visible, the uh, the which are not apparent. Uh, we talk about neurodiversity. We talk about um, uh, other things like uh, maybe chronic illness or pregnancy or whatever like we all we all will be disabled in uh, for, for a short period of time for for the for our old age it's it's just a way to look at it like it's not that it's not something an alien concept in our old days we all going to have the need for ramps <laughs> needs for wild wheelchair right so it's not it's not that that you know that we that we are coming from some uh, other planet and we are just going to uh, just going to raise our voice and you know uh, protesting and all of these things. It's, it's it's just about a human need. It's a human basic right. And and I'm I'm asking uh, uh, without like offending anyone because we all are one. Like I'm I do not believe in that uh, that that advocacy and activism which is. Uh, which which evokes protest, which evokes uh, any kind of violence. We believe in nonviolent communication from the core. Uh, the the values is coming from uh, Mahatma Gandhi itself. I'm a, I'm a big follower of of his philosophy around uh, around how he how, how what he did for for uh, for this world. He he taught us that you know we can ask for we can be assertive, but in a nonviolent way. 
and we are um, and my activism and my advocacy is just around that well it's very inspiring and i encourage everyone listening to go and check out the the organization i wanted to bring up a phrase that you used just then and it's it's for people trying to fit in and you said yourself that you were quite often working on the behalf of others you could say you 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 neglected your yourself and you were trying to help others and i think some people can probably relate to that who might be listening today you were invited at quite a young age to attend a conference held by the indian stammering association you you noted then that it was amazing to find yourself amongst your tribe and i think mm-hmm. that's a really nice really nice way to put it it's it's crucial that schools and classrooms are diverse as we as we spoke about before because that enriches education and it's more it's more like the real world but do you think it's also important for students and uh, anyone really to have the space and the opportunity to be amongst their own tribe as you say is it is there a bit of a balancing act between a melting pot of pure diversity and everyone being with everybody else and talking to everybody else and learning with everyone which is which is great but but is it quite nice to also have the chance to to hang out with people that are that are like you that are in your mm-hmm. tribe this is this is something that you hear a lot from the deaf community for example in the uk mm-hmm. there are there are deaf specialist schools and mm-hmm. often you speak to to children attending those schools saying would you like to go to a a mainstream school and they said no we we like we like our you know i use that word again tribe it's 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 almost a what's the word i'm looking for it's almost an identity do you do you find that that's a balance sometimes that that has to be made uh, i love your uh, that you use that phrase balancing act because yes it's a balance at that phase of uh, my life i used to think that i am the only one <laughs> <laughs> i'm the only one who is suffering so when i met people and when i see that they are going through something similar okay that makes me feel that that i belong right in that in that closed uh, atmosphere i feel that you know that i can talk to people i can i can be unapologetic about my stammering <laughs> and and i can speak the way i i want and, and that is the uh, comfort zone i was i was craving for and i got that and and with that confidence with that sense of community i go in the out the world and then i i i started to uh, like uh, you know with that term uh, let me say that go out of your comfort zone and then that only there you will find your your growth your your real like whatever it is like so that begins like what what uh, you have to feel safe uh, in my organization i always say that you know that i want people i want my kids to enjoy i want my mom want my kid to have fun and for fun and for enjoyment we need to feel safe and secure right so so we have to have that uh, sense of security that 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 we are with our with our people like there is no one who is judging us there is no one who is who is who is trying to make fun of us at there and then so it's a balancing act purely some balancing act and and in life there are certain phases that we uh, we, we we should try to find our tribe 
and in certain uh, phases when we are ready when we are uh, prepared we should go out uh, out out in the world and you not know, see the beauty and the diversity of of other tribes as well and and shout out to uh, the deaf community i think i have learned a lot uh, thanks to mary lil and and jennifer quigley i think they are a they are a friend and they are doing wonderful work in in uh, in advocacy for uh, deaf community and uh, and, and to be like in, in to have their uh, uh, assertive uh, needs or assertive uh, accommodation that they require like they have been really uh, out and out and 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 asking what uh, deaf community uh, uh, would need in this in that phase of time so i think just balancing it <laughs> yeah it's it's so true and i suppose coming back again to our conversation about diversity in a classroom and how good that is and how that's what real life is so as you mentioned you need to be able to learn when to muck in with everybody and when is good for you to kind of go back to to your comfort zone as it were and having that from an early age if if you're starting like that in school and you're in a diverse classroom that's that's something you're really going to learn along the way right during school i yeah. wanted to ask you about your um your self diagnosis recently that you were telling me about um yeah. you were you were you were saying that by diagnosing yourself with dyspraxia mm-hmm. this really made uh, a lot of other things click into place as it were it made it made lots of things make sense can you tell mm-hmm. me a bit about this journey yes i think uh, uh, for for the whole life i uh, i was thinking that there is something wrong because after years of practice i was not able to learn how to tie laces <laughs> and how to uh, write cycle and and you know how to do anything that requires uh, a multitasking or like that requires uh, hand eye coordination or 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 some uh, you know that very fine motor skills so i was like i was always hiding and i was i was very good in hiding because uh, no one uh, uh, from my friends other ever knew that you know i have something uh, uh, something like this right my uh, my family members of course know that uh, from this childhood that i was not able to do certain certain task and it was and my my mother was always like that you know trial trial little harder you're not trying enough all of these things and of course like she care and she still she will not uh, agree that i have a disability like and, and being a disability advocate like my own mother would not say that i have a disability it's a, it's a shame but this is how it goes <laughs> and and that journey of self diagnosis i think um, you know people uh, used to uh, giggle and used to uh, you know laugh on my on my clumsiness on like how i used to drop things and how i used to do certain things which will look really awkward and weird at times so so yeah but the point is that i will i always uh knew that you no know, that there is something like which is not wrong but something that is different uh, for me so when i started to read when i started to be more active about my my advocacy for stammering uh, i got in touch with uh, uh with with the people who are who are into uh, neurodiversity advocacy in uk in us so i i got to know a lot of resources i got to know uh, uh 
like about dyslexia, dyspraxia, all, all of these things. And when I was reading it about dyspraxia, I said, this is me. <laughs> this is exactly me. Like I, I have no uh, second thought. I thought that this is it. Uh, and, and then I went to, went to a pro pro professional uh, uh, psychologist for like to actually uh, diagnose myself. And after like, after getting to know my background and all, he, he said that he is really experienced, like he is one of the best in, in Delhi, but he said that, uh, that you're doing so good in, in life. Why do you, do you need to diagnose yourself? And and that comes like uh, the, the, the perspective that diagnosis is not about like like we are we, we are uh, trying to accept that there is something uh, wrong or less or, or or a deficit in in our personality. It's just about uh, we want to know ourselves and we, and I have the right I have the right to know myself and and and, and that really made, made me sad and I, and I didn't. Uh, went to any any other professional uh, yet uh, since then like i i'm i'm, I'm okay with that uh, self diagnosis and i'm 100 sure that uh, this is this is it uh, so yeah a lot of work in in activism and advocacy is required is required in 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 india and uh, and uh, shout out to uh, to uk uh, i think uh, the, for the activists from uk and the organizations and people are doing great in the uh, neurodiversity movement in and in, in the movement for lgbt people in the movement for disabled disabled yeah, i think I'm, I'm i really look up to uh, uk for uh, and i have a huge respect for the for, for the people who are doing uh, this much of things and i'm just trying to uh, bring all of these principles and the, all of these ideas from uk to india well it's nice to nice to know that we're doing some things right on the world stage at the moment um, <laughs> That's a really interesting point because it, it, it brings up a question that is debated a lot in, in this field of work, and that's a question of, of labelling. There are a lot of people that say labelling can be, can be stigmatising and it can be damaging and hurtful, and, um, and it can, for sure. You see, you see examples of this a lot. But in other ways, it can help, as you said, it can help people to understand who they are and it can also help to explain things you as you said you you felt there was something wrong with you because of your clumsiness because of the way you, you dropped things and and so on but but once you heard about this about dyspraxia and it ticked all the boxes that was a way of kind of looking at yourself and thinking oh no hang on there's nothing wrong with me this is this is dyspraxia i mean the millions of people around the world have this it can that be quite can labels I suppose again, it's a to use the phrase balancing act. It's it's a fine line, right, between using labels and it and it comes down to the context, I suppose, how you use them and who uses them. But they can be good and bad. There's some people are very pro-label, some people are very anti-label. But perhaps it's important to understand that they can have their uses. Absolutely, uh, yes. Uh, and out out labeling, I think it. At times it it is it is critical, and uh, like when like if you if you ask me, I'm a I'm a proud proud Indian. I'm a proud Hindu. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a man. I'm a I'm a, I'm a cisgender heterosexual man. I'm a I'm, I identify as as a disabled person, and I'm a person with stammering and dyspraxia. So yeah, there I am full of labels, and I'm comfortable with that. But 
this is not me like all of these labels um, if we if we make an addition of all of these labels that's still not me i must more than that and 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 these labels will not define me and and, and people have to think about you know that that, our, that we are that our personalities are very rich i think we uh, we all have so much to offer and and if we just uh, put in an in a label and then you listen to to what i'm saying uh, you will you will say that it's very subjective right you will always believe that that my inclination towards a certain uh, uh, section of uh, group of people uh, will will make like uh, you you will like color, see me in that particular color in in a, in, in a particular taste so i think uh, objectivity in opinion and you know, respecting and you know just uh, listening to what i'm saying and not not know that my background right because at times you know they will say of course he will say that because he 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 is from that political party or he is from that ideology right so i think uh, we need to get away uh, from this and particularly in this in this uh, uh, phase of the of the history of human history, we are we are at a very critical uh, time, and we uh, really need to listen without labels. But labels are important. Labels are uh, uh, are important. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big part, but it's not it's not the whole part. Yeah, it's it's information, right? And it's yeah. how that information is used, and who uses it, and and the purpose of it, I suppose. And it can Absolutely. help as well in a in in providing the needed support in schools. I want to finish up quite soon, but tell me about India. You know, in, in terms of education, what what are your thoughts of the school system there, particularly in regard to students with disabilities? Do you find that it's quite an inclusive culture in Indian schools? I, I that's a very it's a very difficult question because it's a it's a it's a huge country, yeah, and I know that it can't I, be one thing. <laughs> I, will try, I will try my best to like whatever uh, traveling and whatever interaction I have done with uh, various people. I'm really excited about the uh, future of this, this country. A lot of organizations, a lot of state governments, a lot of uh, people are doing their, their best and they're coming up with, with, with great ideas, with, with, with technology and all of these things. I think it's a, it's a great, great place to be at because there are a lot of people, there are a lot of uh, uh, scope uh, for improvement. And I think what else do you need? Like you have access to resources, you have uh, you have support uh, from like donors and, and investors. Like it's a it's a it's a it's a I think I would say it's a it's a it's a kind of a uh, festival because it's a very young country and and that country uh, that youngsters want to change. That youngsters are uh, interestingly, they are uh, also uh, uh, going back to to their roots of of, of yoga and Ayurveda of, of of Vedas also, and they are trying to be modern as well. So they are trying to get a mix of both, the best of both both the worlds. And I'm really uh, excited about uh, uh, this generation that they will break away the taboo and and the stigma, and they will they will uh, only uh, uh, cherry pick whatever best uh, that was there and whatever best that we can be. So yeah, I'm excited. A uh, lot of work needs to be done uh, in the remote villages. I think there are a lot of organizations that are doing really, really good work. And um, I get to know uh, one organization that is in uh, 
ruler uh, area of Maharashtra. Uh, Maharashtra is a state um, uh, that uh, Mumbai, Mumbai is the capital of uh, one of the biggest cities. And they are doing wonderful work. And like uh, they are uh, using experiential learning uh, uh, to 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 teach uh, young uh, kids uh, basic mathematics, science, and all of these things. And they are not even touching notebooks. They are just doing it practically. So I I was really excited by by their by their curriculum how they are actually looking at uh, education not in a theoretical way but in a in a very practical way. So I think they are hundreds and thousands of examples like that and that makes me really excited that sounds amazing Bunit Singh thank you so much for joining me today it's been so interesting to speak to you and, and thanks thanks for having me I think it was a very uh, engaging conversation and I'm looking forward uh, to, to listen more to your to, to, to the episode of the podcast thank you listen. That was Puneet Singh. My thanks to him for joining me. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Goal 4. If you did, then please do share it far and wide. You can also subscribe. Listen to a new episode every Wednesday. I'll see you next week.